So we have an opportunity this morning to hear from our Thailand team. Pause. Intentional pause. And we love to, when we send out people to celebrate as they return, thankfully safely and with all limbs intact, which is a good start. But um, as all mission trips involved, there were some challenges. I do want to just publicly commend Dave and Laura. This is the first time they had run a mission trip, and they did a great job facilitating the team. And I'm really excited to hear what they have to share. I know there's different people sharing at this service from the next one, but can we invite whoever, who's first? Are you coming together? Dave, here he is. And before I hand over the mic, can I just pray for you? Would that be all right? Let's just pray for Dave and then we'll let him loose. So Lord, we just thank you this morning for an opportunity to hear from the Thailand team who we have sent out and been upholding before you in prayer during their trip. And Lord, I pray that this morning there'd be a sense of us really joining with them in all that you have done through this trip and in them personally during this time. Just give us, each of us, receptive hearts to hear what you might be saying to every one of us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Andy. Much appreciated. And good morning, everyone, and thank you for having us. So I think that certainly with a mission trip, the Lord can really use your soul. In fact, he can use both your left and your right soul. Sam? And if we look at the next slide. <laughs> it's going. Uh, it's a bit hard to see at the back, but we did a lot of steps over there. So that's left and right soul. Uh, so if you really need a good exercise workout, I suggest going to a mission trip uh, where you can de definitely do those numbers of steps in 30 plus temperatures. So uh, as Andrew said before, my, my name is David Lamerton. For, for those of you who I haven't met, my wife Laura will come up and speak next. But we left Australia it's right back at the start of October in a leaving Australia in uncertain times. Cronulla Sharks had won. So we didn't know what would happen after that. <laughs> Got one fan. And, th and then we went over for two weeks. So we went originally for around 10 days to the Bridgeworks uh, house. So that's Dominic and Raylene Fetchner, for those of you who don't know, and our church supports them. And then we head up into the mountains for three days to run a conference in Changdao, uh, supported by Montreal Super, who this church also supports. So uh, we found... Uh, we couldn't be a trip to Asia without some funnies. Uh, the one on the left, we just found a random bin in a toilet. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, in the middle, there's some mango slices with added chilli. I don't know what's going on there. And on the right, it's a bit hard to see, but uh, they're live eels being sold at the market. So, And next one is a... This is just a shot of... Uh, some of the playtime that we did during the Changdao conference. And if we zoom in onto the second shot, now these kids, oh, wait up, go back one. Uh, okay, it can be a bit hard to see, but there is um, what is in effect a building site. So only in Thailand would you say, all right, get the kids to go and one, be accommodated, but then two, go and play in effectively a building site with tiles everywhere, half-completed walls, half-completed roofs, and electrical wires hanging everywhere. So only in Thailand. And this is some of, the, some of the challenges that we dealt with. Next slide, please, mate. And I can't help but finish, and it's a bit hard to see, but that's chicken foot soup. So if anyone's really keen on that, then Thailand's your destination for food. 
Uh, next slide, please, mate. So I'm going to quickly speak about the Changdao Conference, and I'll let the others talk about Bridgeworks. But we went up in the last few days to Changdao, which, if you ever get the chance, is a amazing place. Uh, the breath it's breathtaking scenery there, and I think going forward, this could be something that our church really would like to or potentially look into because we arrived covered in prayer and we definitely felt that certainly from the church community but also with just a number of sermons the rest was done so we basically just arrived and Montre and Super were just did an immaculate job in getting everything ready so the you'll see balloons around the place so they decorated this hall they'd built uh, they put up a a sign that you'll see next um, they hired a huge pagoda for all these kids uh, which numbered 170 in the end 170 children of right from about 6 through to about 17 from orphanages right throughout the Changdao region so it wasn't easy but it was just the way that they'd, they'd put it together was incredible and one thing that we're really worried about, and our group had some, let's say, some trying dietary requirements, but they cooked for us and prepared this amazing food on the right before any of the kids every day, and it was just immaculate food. So it was just, it really was just, you know, rock up, teach them English, and then, of course, proclaim, proclaim the Lord's name. So next slide, please, mate. Um, so, and this is just a little picture of something that really convicted, conflicted me sorry is the picture on the right is that little boy's sandals as you can see it's like ha missing half of his sandals so that that really got me down uh, to be honest because I, I wanted to help this little boy out but then knowing that there was another 169 other kids that was going to be pretty hard so anyway we just hope that they had a really good time and, and learnt a lot whilst they were there and and we got the chance each morning and night to uh, write and present our sermons which is I think for some was a really great opportunity to present in front of an audience which they would never do of that size and and at night as well to lead the worship and it was just a fantastic time and the I English was really entertaining as well because theirs was uh, not surprisingly good some would not speak a word and then others knew the word nationality so I'm not sure how that works but anyway it was a great conference and I think going forward it, it could be something that we look into continuing to support next slide please mate um, yeah, so they put this sign together, and it's, uh, it says Youth Youth Conference Fellowship um, Christian. Okay, it's hard to see over there, and uh, which is really nice. So it, they the the amount of tie planning that usually goes into most things was sort of thrown out of the water by this, and it really took us by surprise because they had just done an immaculate job. So we were very very surprised, and we had a really good time. For me personally, this was probably the the time that I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit the most. Throughout 2016, I've noticed that during, s certainly through some really strong prayer time, I start to uh, get feel like I get electric shocks and flexing. Um, I go to a normal gym, so I don't do that naturally, um, certainly not in front of a mirror. And so uh, I just get, get like this, and it, it's really hard. But as soon as, as, soon as the guy, uh, the minister prayed, as, uh, as soon as we bowed our heads, I felt that straight from the first morning within the first hour. And as I prayed for the, the kids, next one please, Sam, uh, after or during the altar call, uh, I felt it through 
each I just to the point where I couldn't even talk in some cases and that's for me was very new so and I really felt that and I yeah I was trying to pray for these kids and they didn't know what I was saying but they I couldn't even talk at certain points so that was that was really encouraging for me and I think we we're talking with Andy about it um, the last week but you can just sense that it's a, for better or worse it's a very spiritual place over there and you could just I could just feel that going in straight away so so that was really encouraging and getting some kids come up for your altar calls was very encouraging it took a best part of three or four minutes before the first one came but anyway then there was a flood which was good next slide please wait and then uh, yeah there's just some more shots of of lots of kids coming up for altar calls and it was hard to understand what they wanted um, mostly just a response to the sermon itself um, mine my big one for example was on rejection and I'm sure a kid might talk about this, but it's really, it's more than anything, these kids aren't necessarily orphans. They're, they've just been sold off or basically abandoned. And it's just this social crisis that we can't really uh, think about over here. But basically, if, if, a, if a woman marries a new husband, then she'll more or less give the kids away or sell them. And that's mostly why these kids are in these homes, which is just unbelievable. So next next slide, please, mate. So rejection was something that they really did respond to well. So I'll just uh, finish off with a couple of more stories. Um, that's proof that I got my hands dirty. Um, we spent... <laughs> I don't know what's going on on the left. I think he's posing. That uh, circular saw is not that dangerous. Um, but we, Kit, Daniel and I, spent some serious hours out in this workshop with no aircon, nowhere to sit down, no running water to build these water purifiers and next slide please Sam uh, that's us putting them together uh, with the help of the Thai, Thai boys from the Bridgeworks house next slide please mate and then the the end result was being able to pr to provide a water purifier to that home on the left and there's that ute is full of kids that's their one form of transport and there'd be about 30 or 40 kids in that in that ute and then we were able to give them this water purifier and give them the, um, fresh water for probably the first time in their life, which was really encouraging. And we let the kids pa paint it in the end, which was really nice. Next slide, please. Wait. So just to quickly talk about the fundraising, this is what, it's very hard for you to see, but this is what $6,520.20 in Australian dollars looks like in Thai baht. So this is the money that you as a church helped us right, raise, and we were very thankful for, for all of your efforts during the trivia night and the big, big morning tea and everything like that. That it's, it's quite hard to see, I apologise, but that money goes a long, long way, as you can see. And there were some donors here amongst us that you know, donated over $1,000 themselves. So we were really, really blessed with that amount of money and the way that we could, we could give, give that to them. And just the final one there is 40,000 odd baht, which is around $1,600 that we was left over and we decided to give to the Bridgeworks House Fund. So they're currently building a house and it's basically at the moment just a, a clear level um, block. So they're building a, a custom built house for them, uh, for the kids because they're at capacity now uh, where they're living. And so that, that really needs to, to get going if they can. And if you feel convicted or you want to, to donate to that, then I'm sure they're more than happy to take some more money on. Next please, Sam. Other way, mate. So I just want to quickly talk about Jahir. Now, he is one of the quietest boys at the home. And I, I'm just going to read out what I wrote in my 
uh, journal about him. But uh, Jahir is one of the boys at the Bridgeworks home. And as a young child, he was neglected to the point where he was deprived of essential salts. As such, he did not mentally develop as normal. So he's a bit slow and very quiet. But his servant heart was on display every hour of every day out at the workshop in those temperatures and every day at the Bridgeworks house. And most definitely on our last night in the Bridgeworks house, we had a, a northern Thai style barbecue and he just quietly went, went about stoking the fires, cutting the vegetables and he really made that special dinner extra special for us. So for me, his was an example of a great servant of Christ. There was no pretension and no vainglorious behaviour in Jahir and he's just a, he's a true delight. So I'd just like to keep, keep him in your prayers. Next one please, Sam. And I just want to finish with this. So when we went to this first home, it was, uh, which was some home that the Bridgeworks House themselves support, Dominic took my camera. And I think this slide above all really shows what his heart is towards these kids. They're all individual shots of individual children. And for him, that's how he views them. They, he doesn't view them as a, as a financial burden or, as, a, or as, as this or that or whatever. But he looks at each of them as a special child, each in their own right. And so I think that really displays his heart and his true motive towards those kids. And we certainly saw that uh, numerous times over there. Next slide, please, Sam. And I'll now invite Laura up to the stage. That's me done. I'll invite my wife to, to speak on the, uh, the next topic. Thanks. Thank you. Wow. I just want to start by saying this was an incredibly meaningful, eye-opening and rewarding trip. Um, and I also want to start by um, saying that Dave and I would sincerely like to thank um, our church um, the leaders and the board members for their approval and their blessing to lead this trip. We really appreciate your support and encouragement and we would also like to thank every person that came on this trip. Um, at the moment there's only Kit here but we want to thank you for your hard work, your friendship, your humour and persistence at times when energy levels were low and humidity levels were high. <laughs> Um, just to give you a little background, this trip has been quite significant for Dave and I. It related to a number of prophetic words we have received over several years, dating back to 2010. Um, there's words about going to work with orphans in Asia to teach English. And in 2014, we even received a word about going to Thailand specifically. Um, so take note, I think when you receive five prophetic words relating to the same thing, God is definitely trying to indicate something. <laughs> There were also others in the team that received prophetic words about them attending this specific mission trip to Thailand, which is very encouraging. Um, in April this year, when I was praying about the upcoming trip, I felt God prompt me to look up Mark 6, verse 7, which says, Jesus called his 12 apostles together. He sent them out in groups of two and gave them power over evil spirits. And I feel like this verse has been quite significant for our trip in a number of ways. <laughs> One aspect was that the team actually signed up in groups of two each time, like Kit and Daniel, Haley and Sophie, each pair signed up within a day of each other. So I thought, wow, this is cool, like this verse is going somewhere. Um, and then the other part of the verse about having power over evil spirits was very relevant to the trip. 
as we were involved in experiences of deliverance and spiritual warfare, and one of our team members was able to see in the spirit at significant times during the trip that God had assigned his angels to protect us and they're visible in the room. Um, Hannah and I also felt strongly led to share talks at the youth conference that we ran in Chengdao about spiritual warfare involving resisting, overcoming and defeating the enemy's lies that come in the form of deception and accusation. I just want to pause for a moment here to specifically thank um, each and every one of you here that were praying for us while we were away. It meant so much to us and the team was well aware throughout the trip that God's hand was upon us, guiding us and keeping us safe. We were also aware of many divine appointments and answers to prayer. Now onto the trip itself, I just have a couple of stories I want to share with you all. As part of the trip, we had been asked to run a youth conference in Changdao for 100 at-risk youth. Prior to leaving Australia, we thought it might be nice to give each one of those young people just a little gift. Um, so we bought like 120 Australian animal pencils to give to each young person at the conference. Um, but as Dave has already mentioned, when we arrived at the conference, we were told that word had spread really fast, that there was this free conference run by Australians, and they were all really excited. So there was actually 170 youth and children that had registered to attend. So I prayed and I asked God to multiply the pencils as I felt bad that we didn't have enough for everyone. And we really, really didn't want to send the message to these young people that we didn't care about some of them, knowing that they already had rejection issues. Um, so it came to the last day of the conference when we were to give out the pencils as a parting gift. And when we arrived at the conference on this day, we were told that actually 60 young people had to pack up and leave the conference early that morning to go to a Thanksgiving service. So thank you, Lord. He ended up answering my prayer in a different way, and we ended up having just the right amount of pencils for the young people still at the conference, which was really cool. Um, Another story I'd like to share with you is about a young lady named Marley. It's not her real name. I just feel like I need to protect her privacy. Um, but she attended our youth conference in Changdao. Um, and this is going to be new to Kit. Um, we only just found out about this whole thing afterwards. But basically, this was a divine appointment. Um, she was a child that lived at a children's home that Raylene and Dominic Fetchner closely supported, um, called Bamberg Var, who we visited last time with Andrew. Um, and she, she then disappeared off the radar for some time. She had been sent by um, one of the house parents back to the care of her biological mother. However, her mother soon moved before Raylene and Dominic knew what had happened, and they were unable to find her again for many years. They were quite concerned for her welfare, as her mother is a prostitute and also uses and sells drugs. Marley ended up attending our youth conference in Changdao, where she was able to be connected to Dominic and Raylene again. And she has now actually moved in with them. Um, she's the youngest person living there. She's under their age bracket. Um, but they really felt they had to help her because Marley's had a, like, quite a tough few years, um, including being used as a drug mule and basically as property. And she's experienced many atrocities, which I won't go into detail in this forum. But basically, her reconnection with Raylene and Dominic is life-changing for Marley. So that was definitely a divine appointment there. Um, there were also lots of moments for us as a team and for me personally where we were quite stretched as we had to step out of our comfort zone and allow God to use us in new ways. 
We had people in the team preaching for the very first time at the conference. That includes me too. Um, people praying for the first time for other people during ministry time at the conference. We had Haley play guitar and lead worship, even though it was her first time playing guitar in a public setting, which was really exciting for her. And I could go on with many examples, but um, it was like Andy was saying last week during his sermon when he admitted that he doesn't know what he's doing, even though he's taken on this new responsibility as senior pastor but he's willing to be used by God and to allow God to guide him. And I think that's what matters the most. I think that applies to all of us. We don't have to be particularly experienced or skilled, but God will use us if we are willing. I can personally testify to that. I was quite nervous about preaching at the conference um, as I thought and thought for weeks about what I was going to preach on and just nothing was coming to me um, about what I needed to write about. But um, as soon as um, I sat down and started to write, um, it instantly became clear to me what I needed to write about and the message came together so easily. Um, I was actually even excited about sharing it at the conference and couldn't wait for that moment to come as I felt really prepared for it and I knew I was speaking from the heart. And I delivered my talk at the conference and I felt it went really smoothly and the young people responded well to it, even people came up at the altar call. Um, but I knew that God wasn't finished um, <laughs> Well, I didn't know, but God knew um, that he wasn't finished stretching me in this area. And one of our team members became unwell and was actually unable to deliver her message on the last day of the conference. Um, and she asked me to speak instead of her. Um, and I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> so this time I was going to be speaking without the weeks to think and pray about the message to share and without detailed notes, um, which is definitely out of my comfort zone. And God helped me through it and again showed me that relying on his strength, I can do all things. And I firmly believe that, and I believe that you all can too. So thank you for listening, and I'll just pass on to our next team member, Kit, now. Thank you. When I was praying about what to talk about, God gave me very clearly um, a couple of Bible verses. Um, and this is going to be a slightly different chat about what we did in Thailand. I felt God say to me, let people know what's been happening with Dominic and Raylene, these people that we've been supporting for the last 17 years, and give you a bit of a report card. So mine's going to look very different. The passage that um, I got given was Romans 5, verses 1 to 5, and that's the passage that talks about, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and which we exalt in hope of the glory of God and underline the word hope then the next verse says and not only that but we also exalt in our tribulations or sufferings knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within the hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us and I felt God say this is the journey that Dominic and Raylene have been on and this is the journey that they're taking each, chi each child that they um, bring into their home by the hand step by step um, so it's fairly significant um, they went over 17 years ago to a place called the Agape Homes to help do some design construction and building which was Dominic's background he's an engineer and then they spent time working in that home and then, as mentioned, they then 
spent some time working in Barnbert Far, which is another um, home over there. But God had a bigger picture for them, and they now have their own home called Bridgeworks, and it's very different. Um, in Thailand, you've already heard that there is a, a culture, not everybody, but there is a dominant culture in some parts of Thailand where if you don't want your children, you simply sell them or you give them to a family member or you just push them out and they're on the street. Um, and this really, really impacted me and it, I probably still haven't come to grips with that and what that means. But what we're talking about is an orphan nation, a, a nation of orphans genu genuinely who don't know love who are rejected, who are very fearful, um, and that's that's developed a culture that Dominic and Raylene um, shared with us that they've learnt the hard way that a lot of people in Thailand, when they're considering doing anything, the first thought that comes into their head is, what's in it for me? So if I'm going to meet Martin and I say, g'day, hi, my name's Kit, my whole motive is, what's in it for me? So when you put those two things together, it's a really difficult culture to work with and to minister to but Dominic and Raylene have done that um, and they now have a house that they rent which has 14 young people in it. What they've chosen to do is they're focusing on the older teenagers. So most of the orphanages in Thailand or homes in Thailand take these children in because the families simply don't want them, can't look after them, um, don't have the resources. When they get to year nine, they all get kicked out because it's too hard to deal with teenagers. So you have this whole group of people who get some support um, for a little while, but then at year nine, which as most of us would know is when we're forming our identities, they're thrown out and they either go back to being an agricultural worker slash family member slave on, on their little property or they're on the street, or unfortunately, some of them get sold. And the, and the boy that you saw the photo of earlier, uh, Jahir, was sold at the age of five. And for the next five years, he was fed one bowl of rice a day, which is, as Dave was saying, was why he's got development difficulties. And Dominic and Raylene found him, and it took them 18 months of intense medical care to get him back to a state of what we would consider normal physical health. So Dominic and Raylene have been through the suffering component of this verse. Um, I won't go into all the details, but they've suffered significant betrayal, financial loss and other issues in Thailand, um, but they have stayed the course. And each of the children that they are bringing up have been through that suffering process. It could be a whole range of things, but hopefully that gives you a bit of an idea of the background. What Dominic and Raylene have done is God's placed on their heart this vision that we're going to take these young people from year nine upwards and we're going to turn them into adults and we're going to walk with them that walk. Um, and that's a really tough walk for those of us who are parents. We know that, but think about what it means when you take on children who have been sold, abused, rejected, neglected, all these um, terminologies. That's the journey that Dominic and Raylene are on and this is the journey that you're on because we are supporting them. Um, and it's an amazing journey. Um, endurance is the second component of that verse from Romans. <coughs> They've been there 17 years, um, which is a long time in anybody's books. Um, 
they've they've felt quite a few disappointments and heartaches, but they have persevered and they have um, relied on Jesus the whole way. They've learned a lot of valuable lessons, um, and they've now got a model which I think is uh, truly amazing. Um, and you can talk to the members of the team about what it looks like. But it's a home where they have um, 14 young people. They have the girls upstairs in two, be- two three bedrooms and they have the boys downstairs in two bedrooms. Um, they all have their own bed. That might sound quite like a der moment. But if we were to look at, um, I think, the next slide... This is a room of a home that Dominic and Raylene support where we ended up installing the water cooler. Now this is one small room. There are 18 young girls sleeping in that room on mattresses on the floor. 18. So Dominic and Raylene's house, each child has a bed. Each child has a bit of space. Um, I'm just trying to give you the contrast of what they're offering. So what they do is, in terms of character, which is the next component of that verse from Romans, uh, this was the thing that amazed me. Dominic and Raylene are very relational. And God showed me afterwards, it would have been nice if I'd worked it out beforehand, but afterwards God showed me one of the main purposes of our trip was relational. Some of the things that we thought we were going to do weren't necessarily going the way we'd planned. But God showed me that basically we were there to spend time with these 14 young people and to sow into their lives and just be there because most of our team was young. And so it was a great opportunity for them just to spend time with young people and and to chat and play. And we played lots of games and um, nearly killed ourselves on the soccer field and did a whole range of other things. But we built really good relationships. I've got I've been asked to be a friend on Facebook by about eight of those people, which is quite unusual, you know, given the age difference. Um, And I'm sure Dave and Laura probably befriended by most of them. But it was all about relational. And Dominic and Raylene are very relational. When Jesus called the disciples um, and asked them to follow him, he then spent three years walking with them every day, teaching them, guiding them, showing them. This is what Dominic and Raylene do every day. And this is the ministry that you guys have sown into. Um, To give you some examples, Dominic is a very gentle mentor. So when we were building these water purifiers, um, as Dave mentioned, Dave and I have absolutely no background in construction and welding and all that sort of stuff. Thankfully, Daniel did, so that was a bit of a help. But these young boys from the home helped us because Dominic and Raylene build these water purifiers and sow them into lots of other ministries because a lot of kids in Thailand die from the water alone because of all the bugs in it. So something simple that they can do is build water purifiers to make sure they at least get fresh water. I mean, there's lots of other conditions like that that they struggle to deal with. But Dominic said to me, because I was a bit sick, I got to spend a little bit of extra time with Dominic and we developed a bit of a rapport which was great he said well it's a real struggle this home should be closed down because it's disgusting but if we close it down they're all on the street so what do I do just think about that in your heart for a minute what would you do so he does what he can to support some of these other homes to keep them going because his heart is for the children and his heart is genuinely for the children 
um, just an amazing heart that he has for these people. Um, so they lead them every day. Uh, while we were there, one of the older girls, Gunlayer, um, Dominic said to her, oh, here's the keys, can you reverse the truck? Because the truck is in the driveway that way, front nose in, and he wanted it nose out so he could load it up and take it out. Now, th he could have done it himself, but he gave her that opportunity and it was a 15-point turn and she took her time and all the rest of it. But the joy on her face when she got out of that cab that she'd reversed the truck was just amazing. And that's what they do every day. Little by little they are building the confidence, the self-esteem, the skill set. Um, Dominic spends time with the boys. They can all weld. They can all work with steel. They can all work with wood. They can all construct things. They're not all going to be in those skill sets, but he's giving them those basic skills. Um, they support them till the end of year 12, and then if they want to go on to university or tech college or the equivalent of TAFE, they will support them to do that. So every one of those young people is studying and the goal is to get some sort of post uh, high school qualification. So there were uh, people doing marketing, accounting, diesel mechanic, um, hospitality, uh, what else was there? Nursing, um, a whole range of very practical skill-based um, skill sets that these young people uh, are being given the opportunity. They're all from hill tribes. Most of them are from the Lahu tribe, but there's one girl from the Akar tribe. They would never have that opportunity normally. So th this is a life-changing ministry that they're building, seriously life-changing. Um, what Raylene does with the girls, because the society over there is very gender-based, so Dominic tends to work with the boys, but he also does t spend time with the girls. Raylene spends a lot of her time with the girls. She's she's developed this thing called Dinky Cakes, which some of you will have heard of, where they make cakes and they sell them. Before they left, Raylene worked and provided all the cakes for a shop in Belconnen called Hansel and Gretel. Some of you might know them. So it's that quality of cake that we're talking about. It's not minor. They're really high-quality cakes. She will sit down with the girls and teach them how to do everything from planning the recipes to buying the materials to setting the prices to then actually producing the goods. And um, if the icing's not good enough, she'll gently say in that mentoring way again, that's really good, but you need to get the swirls going so they're consistent and the wave looks like it's a continual um, wave. So she'll gently take the icing off and say, have another try. And that's how they mentor these young people from their brokenness to wholeness. Of the 14, 13 of them have decided voluntarily to become Christian. Uh, they don't force it on them, but they offer them that opportunity. Uh, we went to the youth group that from the local church that they all go to, um, and most of the people involved in leadership were from Dominic and Raylene's house. So character develops um, skill sets and hope. In the house... Each young person is required to participate in cooking, cleaning and all the daily chores. And they all do that willingly and with smiles on their faces. And that was just an interesting contrast for me comparing it to some Australian teenagers who tend to grumble occasionally. <laughs> but these people realise the blessing that Dominic and Raylene have given them, the opportunity that they have given them. When we went to this particular home, I think it was... Dave asked one of the younger girls, she's about 15, that's normally about the age they take them. 
this is a bit different to the home that you're in, isn't it? And she just looked at Dave and said, we are very blessed. They know how, how, how blessed they are and what an opportunity it is. And the vision that uh, um, God has put on Dominic and Raylene's heart is to build a home that will cater for 28 young people. So that's the site that we went out to and spent most of the time doing our work at. Um, they're hoping to start building that house in December. Um, and that will then give them room to double the number of young people they have. But what they're doing is basically being Jesus to these young people every day, mentoring them, and it's gentle, it's soft. I didn't see Dominic once raise his voice, get frustrated or angry. And the same with Raylene. They just pour out Jesus' love into these young people, and you can see the joy. <coughs> and the end of that passage talks about hope and that we won't be disappointed because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. And you can see that in these young people. Dominic and Raylene are growing them to be self-sufficient. Uh, hopefully some of them might grab a picture of their vision and stay with them. And there is one young couple who are a bit older uh, called Jayor and Yui who are married and they live in the house as well. Jayor wants to uh, have a diesel mechanics shop and Yui works at the church that they go to. And they're both really beautiful people. They've known Jayor since he was about seven, I think. So he's about 24 or 25. And they are basically older uh, people in the house who can mentor some of the younger ones as well. So they're sowing that seed, hopefully, for the next generation of disciples. Um, what This is a long-term mission, but... For me, it was probably um, it was it was really good to see that the long-term support that we've provided has allowed this transformational ministry to continue, um, and it is genuinely making a difference in 14 people's lives. And potentially, given the words that um, Laura and Daniel and I gave over some of these young people potentially in in the whole area because some of them may well go on to be leaders in the community and and they'll have a totally different focus so that was um really the message that i wanted to give that you're part of a a transformational ministry that is taking people from suffering to hope and that the love of god is being poured into those young people by an amazing couple um there's a couple of slides, if we can just go to the next one. So this is Dominic being the mentor that he is. <coughs> this is the work site where they're going to build their home. Um, at the moment, it's just a, about 10 or 12 acres um, of grass and jungle, but he's had a whole lot of dirt dumped on the, on the site to raise the level so that it won't get flooded. And he was just telling us on the first day, this is how it works. This is what I'm going to do. Here's my vision. Um, next one. So this is the heart of Dominic. This is another home that he supports. So not only does he have his own home of 14 young people, but he is actively engaged with I don't know how many other homes slash orphanages that he tries to support and bolster and maintain. This one is a Christian run by a Christian couple and they're trying really hard to do the best that they can do. Um, they will get the second water filter that we didn't quite complete, which hopefully has been finished by now. But he just sits down with the kids and starts talking. He has a heart for children like I've never seen. <laughs> just amazing. Uh, next slide. 
Oh, this is just um, a picture of all of us working on the water filter. There's about four or five of us working on the water filter, uh, water purifier at once. But we felt a bit frustrated at times because we weren't quite sure what we were doing. Um, and I, I really wanted Dominic to come in and tell us what to do. But he had a different picture and by the end we were all working as a team and we were all working together. Um, and he knew what he wanted and he knew that it would take us time to get there, but we did get there. So he has a very clear vision and a very clear picture and he will take his time to move young people to that place. <coughs> uh, next one. So this is Dominic at the end just going through and... Uh, looking at it and giving us some feedback basically again in that mentor role he's very gentle and very quiet but he he imparts confidence to you um so that was really r a really interesting experience as well uh, next one <coughs> so as dave said this is the the water filter being installed now once the, the kids had painted it you can see how it's all brown dominic then said okay we'll hook it up to the mains and David and I just looked at each other and went, "Keh." <laughs> so you can see there's a blue pipe running from the back of the water filter up across the roof. And then in the second slide on the left, you can see it runs across the roof and down a pole to a tap. So we actually hooked it up to the mains. Things are done a bit differently in Thailand. Um, when he said hook it up to the mains, we just ripped the hacksaw out, chopped off the tap, did a bit of gluing, whacked it on, flicked a switch and it was connected. Um, so very, very different. Um, WHS doesn't exist in Thailand, um, but it was an interesting uh, exercise in learning how he's learnt to do things and work within the system. So those young people now have fresh water. They haven't had fresh water, um, and that's a real blessing for them. And I think there's one more. So this is, you've now seen that other house. That was the kitchen of that, that house. Dirt floor, outside, chickens on the table, um, dogs running around, eating out of the food in the kitchen. I imagine the health levels were pretty disgusting. <coughs> this is Dominic and Raylene's house. So that gives you a bit of a concept of the difference. This is a, a it's a very Western style house. There's 16 people. Um, you can see through right out into the kitchen and there's a couple of people cooking in the kitchen. Everything is clean, immaculate. The kids have uh, space to to do activities. There's a computer area, there's a recreational area, there's a TV area. So they've made it feel like home and it really is a home. It's not an orphanage, it's a home and that, that, that's a big difference there. Each, each child that they take in becomes theirs and they will um, mentor them and guide them until it's time for them to leave or they want to stay on and become part of the ministry. Very different contrast. Uh, the next one. And so this is the girls selling the cakes at a market. So Dominic has got the boys to construct this frame <coughs> and they then sell in the marketplace. Um, and they're very nice, very, very, very nice quality. But they've got confidence, they've got skills, they're, they're prepared to to do all those tasks and then the next slide shows them packing up and this is Dominic supervising the girls so they do everything they pack the ute they unpack the ute they set it up they sell everything they pack it all away they put it back in the ute and they drive the ute home there aren't many young women in Thailand who would be able to do that 
at the age of 15 to 18. So that gives you an idea of the process that Dominic and Raylene are taking each young person through. And he's very patient and they had no idea how to tie the knots um, and we helped them tie the knots, but every day they're learning something new along that path. <coughs> and I think there's just one more. Oh, so this is just the picture of some of the 14 uh, young people from Dominic and Raylene's house. <coughs> and um, the thing that, the reason I put that slide in there is that they're all smiling. They don't have to smile, but they do a lot. And that's because of the joy of the Lord. And then the last slide is about the f is the future. So this is Jayor and Yui. So the young couple that I mentioned, this is their wedding last year. And they're probably the hope for the future for this, for this ministry. Um, and they're both beautiful young people. They were our translators um, up at Changdao and also throughout the time we were in uh, Chiang Mai. So that was what I wanted to share with you because I felt it was important for you to see what ministry you were supporting and um, that these people really are being Jesus. They are walking every day and growing these young people into new disciples. And that really touched my heart and I thought it was worth sharing with you this morning. So bless each of you. And if, if anyone wanted prayer at the end of the service, the thing that God put on my heart was if you have a dream or a vision that God has placed there, that hasn't yet come to fruition or has sort of just been not doing much, then come forward and ask God about it because Dominic and Raylene have had this vision for a long time but it's taken years and years and years to actually come to fruition. But they've hung in there, they've persevered, they've built character and now there is hope and the love of God is just shining through and the same thing can happen for each of us. So bless you all. Why don't we just stand, we'll close in prayer. If you'd like this morning to respond specifically to Kit's word, why don't you come and just stand on this side, on my left, on your right, and Kit can pray for you in that vein. If you'd like prayer for anything else, you can come and stand on this side and we'll be happy to, to uh, pray for you about and for any prayer needs. But let's pray. Lord, it's been good this morning just to hear testimonies and stories of your goodness and your faithfulness, both to the team that we sent in their lives personally, through them ministering to, to uh, the children and the young people, and also to hear accounts of what you're doing on the other side of the world through uh, missionaries that we've supported for many years now. We thank you that you're a God who is always at work. And so often we take that for granted. And so I pray that we would leave with uh, hearts that are encouraged this morning, not only about what you can do through a team and through people committed to you on the other side of the world, but what you can do through each of our lives. And that what you're interested in is not so much our ability, but our availability. And would we step in a greater way, I pray, to all that you have for each of us. We pray that in Jesus' name, your wonderful name. Amen.